Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hello, and you're very welcome to this week's podcast. Coming up, we'll be taking a look at Jennifer Lopez and the surprising news of her latest divorce. Plus, we'll take a hard look at this potential Super League and what it means. All that and more, but first, listen to this. Smile when you can, and laugh every day. When you listen, actually listen. Not waiting on what you can say. And walk if you can, in the fields or on the road. And when you do, you will hear the old stories once told. Oh, and draw a little drawing, oh, and write when you get the chance. Be silly, not serious, and dance when you can dance. Don't be mad and carry it, for it can weigh a heavy load. Most burdens can be dropped as you move along the road. And you must move, even when you think you're standing still. You might not change, but the road can. Be flowing like a river, be gentle like a breeze, be calm like a mountain, and sturdy like the trees. Rise early with the sun, be present, and that's all you need. Can I just say before we go any further, thank you so much for supporting this podcast on Patreon. Really does mean a lot to me. Thank you so much. Wouldn't be here without you. Really do appreciate it. And it's from the bottom of my heart, I want to say thank you very much. And to Golden Big Jambons for the support. Your lovely, delicious Jambons continue to rock my world. Deli fresh taste, right from your own freezer. Very tasty. Welcome to the 22nd of April. How the time is going so fast. Going mid too fast for my own liking. But you know what? We're living life and that's the most important thing. I took a, a visit to Shrule this week and Shrule is a part of County Mayo and it's a beautiful part of Mayo. Took a Sunday drive, which is a nice thing to do. It's something that you always thought about your parents doing when you see pictures of them in the black and white pictures that they have stored underneath the television and they show you pictures and they're like, we went to, we went to Barana back in 96 or not 96, but you know what I mean, back in the day. And um, you think how times are different, but no. You can still go for a nice Sunday drive with no plans. You don't need to be on the phone. You don't need to be planning anything. You can just go for a little spin. You can just go with the wind. And uh, it's a hard thing to do. But this, sorry, last Sunday, I uh, I went down to Shrule, which means the River of Blood. And it's a beautiful part of County Mayo. And I have to say one thing about Mayo. I know I'm from there, but there's so many beautiful towns in the county that I'm very much impressed by. And I'll tell you why I'm impressed by that town, because it was a very old fashioned town with lots of beautiful monuments and whatnot around the place. And it reminded me of when I was a child and the whole family would be wedged into the car and we'd drive up to our cousins. It was nearly every Sunday, I think. It was nearly every Sunday. And we're only going from Swinford to Clare Morris, which is probably about 40 kilometres maximum, maybe less. It seemed like a whole day's worth of travelling. And we used to listen to Bon Jovi Whoa, living on a prayer. I don't know if you know the song, but that's the song we used to listen to. And there was five of us in the back seat, my mother and my father in the front seat driving. And um, we used to have great times. We'd, we'd go to mass, we'd get the prayers out of the way, and then we'd come home for a lunch. And then my mother would say, right, where do I want to go today? And we'd have different places like Delphi. Um, where else did we want to go to? Uh, I can't remember anywhere else where we want to go to. But Delphi was mostly the place where we wanted to go to. I had a sister that wanted to go to Knock quite a lot. But none of us were into that. So we decided we'd go to the cousins in Clare Morris and uh, we'd bring a flask of tea with us. Now, I know I've mentioned this before, but there's no beating a flask. Even if you've got to pay 20 quid for a flask, I would recommend you getting one. Because once you have one, you look at it there and you're like, fuck, that cost me 20 quid. I have to use it. Then you will use it. And before you know it, you'll be stopping off 
standing and sitting in ditches and pulling up in the car anywhere at all and making yourself a nice cup of tea and of course you go into the shop then you buy yourself a box of lines tea bags or berries or whatever and 80 tea bags for 2.35 or whatever the price may be and you won't be stuck for a couple of tea bags and it's a nice thing the car window can be the window of your life i suppose in a way you see you can see you can pull in wherever you want and uh you know have a nice little view for yourself now in saying that it's sometimes it's hard to find a spot to pull into sometimes it's a bit tricky because if you're pulled into the side of the road and uh, you're kind of blocking up the road if it's a small roading farmers won't like that and they'll drive past in the tractor giving you dirty looks until eventually they'll come down and they'll, they'll tell you to move so you need to find a place that you're happy with that you know you won't be moved in the car you know that you can chill out there for a while you can have your cup of tea without anyone bothering you and uh, it's a great thing to do. I never leave the house without at least three tea bags in my pocket. And I would recommend you to do the same. In other news this week, I had to get, uh, I actually got a puncture in the car. So I uh, had to get two new tires for the car because the mechanic said to me, well, that other tire is fucked as well. So I thought, OK, OK, how much? And uh, I had to pay 60 quid a tire, which is probably the going rate at this point. But I'll tell you what happened to me the day before. Um, I was driving on the road anyways and I, I had the radio on and all of a sudden I heard this weird noise. And I was like, that doesn't sound like the song I'm listening to. And I turned off the radio and lo and behold, the the um, the the wheel had burst on me and it's gone completely flat. It was fucked. So there's no getting out of it. Now it was getting a bit dark too, around 7 p.m. And uh, got out of the car anyways and got the spanner out of the boot and jacked up the car, pulled off all the nuts, thought to myself, OK, this is how a man does it. This is it. If only someone was here to watch me. Now, in fairness, this was down, by the way, in Eclair, which is, uh, I think, it's inside Mayo. Anyways, load of cars pulled up and they said, do you want a hand? And I was like, no, thanks. I'm grand here now. I'm I'm an independent male. You can continue on your way. Let me do my thing. And um, I got the nuts off. I couldn't get the wheel off for love nor money. Kicking it pushing the car, running into it, banging the spare tyre off the tyre that was stuck. Couldn't get the wheel off for love nor money. And all I heard, the corner of my ear, was a load of banging with the hammer. And I thought, okay, I get a hammer. So I walked into this the, the yard of God knows who it was. And that's something you shouldn't necessarily always do, although you're, you're fi- fine like in Ireland doing that. But I suppose if you're in America or something like that, it could be a bit more tricky. But... And saying that, I'm sure there's sound over there too. Anyways, walked into the yard and the lad walked out to me and he was looking at me kind of like, who's this lad walking into my yard? So I said, tire, tire's gone, it's fucked. Uh, you don't have a, a, a hammer. And he was like, oh, yes. And I straight away, I was like, okay, okay, fair enough. So he went into the shed anyways and he came out again and I was looking at him and he had this chain around his neck. It looked like a proper tough dude. And he walked down. Then he had another mate that popped out of the shed. And I was looking at them going, hmm, okay, these lads look tough. And then we got down to the car anyways. And it, your man, the, the main lad, he put his back against the car, the back against the back door of the car. And he started kicking the wheel with the heel of his foot. Now, the car nearly came off the jack. So I thought they were doing good to that point. I was like, hey, well, we're glad the car's going to come off the fucking jack there. Be cute. And he goes to me, no problem, no problem. Turns out he's Polish. And he said, let down the handbrake. So I let down the handbrake. And he came in from the back anyways. And he found a stick in a, in a field nearby. Banged out the wheel like it was no man's business. Changed the other wheel for me. Did the whole jabang. And I was stood there with a lot of admiration for these two Polish lads that were there. Real soundskins. They didn't, didn't like hang around. Didn't, you know, you know, look for anything. They didn't uh, 
they weren't bothersome they were just lovely fellas and here i was nagging them looking for a bit of help and they just walked off and i said oh thanks a million see you again and they're like no problem then they walked away got me tire changed i had to change it into one of those shitty you know those stupid tires that you see now in, in uh, cars it's like the, the spare tire but it's a real thin tire that wouldn't last pissing time well i had to put on one of those tires and uh i drove off down the road and anyways today it went into the mechanics and uh I told him I need a spare tire. And he goes, oh, you do? You might need two. So I said, all right, no bother. How much is a tire? It could be up to fucking 60 quid. Right, right, okay. Right, right, right. I'll have two, so more money down the drain. But anyways, between the jigs and the reels, got the tires fixed. But as they were getting fixed, the mechanic has a special jack. This is a real state-of-the-art jack where there's no pressure to be put on the arms. You just push up and down with the hand and it has the car up on its side in a matter of seconds. And he was there doing that while I was standing there in the mechanics yard with another lad. And the other lad was talking about turf or something like that. And he was saying to me that uh, he said they're trying to get rid of the turf. And he was speaking slightly in riddles. I didn't quite know what he was talking about, but he was speaking. It was kind of like, you know, those people that start conversations in the middle. It was as if I'd missed something at the very beginning. He was saying things to me like, oh, that bloody wind energy. I don't know. Even though we had no conversation previous to this. So I didn't really know what he was on about. And it turns out he was very fond of the turf, which is fair enough, you know. But I thought the mechanic knew him. But anyway, this lad, he he probably was fed up with waiting around because I was getting this tire. And um, he was just hanging around as the mechanic was lying down on the floor in his overalls, putting on the tire and fiddling around with some bits underneath the, the back of the car. And uh, anyways, all of a sudden he just walked off. And the mechanic pulled himself out from underneath the car and he goes, did you know who that lad was? And I said, no. He goes, that's Jerry. And I said, who, who's Jerry? I goes, fucking Jerry from fucking town. I said, who, who's Jerry from town? He goes, hey, you fucking don't know him. I said, no. He says, fucking, he says, that's the lad that lived, lived in town all his life. I said, who? Who is this lad that lived in town his life? Jerry, who is he? Who Who is he? I need to know. And he wouldn't tell me who he was. Turns out, Jerry Springer. Anyways, less of the shite jokes. Before we get down to the uh, the real juicy part of this podcast where I'll be talking about J-Lo and the breakup of her marriage. And also I'll be talking about the Super League. First, I heard a song the other day on the, the radio and I know all you know it. It's the Neo song featuring Pitbull. And they go singing stuff like, Give me everything tonight, for all we know, we might not get, be here tomorrow. And you're thinking, be here tomorrow? What, what are you planning, Neo? What do you know that we don't know? And uh, I decided to have a little look at the lyrics. Not that anyone out there cares, but we'll go through them here now because it just, it makes no fucking sense at all. You know when you hear a song on the radio and you think, okay, maybe I've misinterpreted that song or maybe when I look at the lyrics, it will make sense. This song makes absolutely no sense. Here we go. Me not working hard. Yeah, right. Picture that with the Kodak. Or better yet, go to Times Square, take a picture of me with the Kodak. What the fuck is Pitbull talking about? Him not working hard. He's addicted to the hustle culture. He wants you to take a picture of him with the Kodak. Or better again, go over to Times Square during a pandemic. Well, the song was wrote before the pandemic. But go over there and take a picture of Pitbull with the Kodak. I mean, what, could, what, what, what would the Kodak what would the point of the Kodak be? Anyways, took my life from negative to positive. I just want you all to know that. And tonight, let's enjoy life. Pitbull Nair, Neo. That's right. 
Tonight I want all of you tonight. He wants the whole package. Give me everything tonight. Give it all to him. For all we know, we might not get tomorrow. That's Neo singing that part. Let's do it tonight. Do what tonight, Neo? What do you want to do tonight, you sick, sick bastard? Anyways, that song makes absolutely no sense. And I just thought I would tell you that. Now, J-Lo, a.k.a. Jennifer Lopez, a.k.a. J-Lo from the streets, is getting divorced from a one Alex Rodriguez, the baseball star, and J-Lo, the lady from the Bronx who was born in 1969, are getting divorced. They don't have any kids together, so it's not going to be an awful rough divorce, but they still believe, they always, you know the way when, when the couple breaks up, like the time Chris Martin and Gwyneth Paltrow broke up, and they said something along the lines of, we're very much still in love, and we're very much still best friends. Bullshit. Thank God J-Lo hasn't come out with a statement like that yet. The, the, the story goes that J-Lo doesn't trust Alex Rodriguez anymore. He's meant to be a bit of a player. And she said, as soon as she loses trust, she's gone. Now, when I first heard J-Lo was getting divorced, I thought to myself, Jesus Christ, again, what's the problem with her? What, what's she looking for in a fella? But the more I thought about it, the more I began to respect J-Lo and her decisions. And the fact that um, when shit hits the fan, when she thinks, when she smells something, you know when you're in a relationship and you smell something and your gut is telling you, this isn't right. Something is not right here. There's trouble in paradise and... Maybe I should bounce. Not straight away, but sometimes, you know, it's a reoccurring feeling that you get when you're in a relationship and you keep brushing under the carpet. It's like red flags. And J-Lo apparently got this. It was a lack of trust. And uh, if J-Lo has taught us anything, it's that when you feel the pinch, it's time to bounce. And again, I know I'm not saying to give up straight away. Nowadays, I don't know if people do give up easier in relationships. For example, in the, the previous generation of Irish people, my parents' generation and, and those kind of people, they, they tended to stick it out through thick and thin, for better or for worse. And not necessarily it was always the best idea to stay together. But um, nowadays, I think people are more inclined to get a divorce if they're not happy within the relationship. And J-Lo has decided to bounce. And again, it, there was a statement made in, in the news about a friend who's friends with friends of the friends of J-Lo. And they said that J-Lo, she just doesn't trust Alex Rodriguez anymore. And she doesn't care. She doesn't think he's cheated. But she doesn't trust him anymore. So when she's out in the road touring, singing songs, or she's acting in a movie, or she's got her own perfume out, or her own clothing brand out, and she she's thinking about Alex all the time, and is he doing the deadly with somebody else? It's not a good mindset to be in. J-Lo has been married four times already. She's married to Chris Judd. She's married to a Cuban waiter. She's married to Mark Antony. That one went on for 10 years. They had two lovely babbings together. Twins, I believe. And she was also engaged to a one Ben Affleck. But again, she bounced out of that situation when she felt like Ben Affleck was not the fella she wanted to be spending her life with. Um, let's have a little look uh, at some facts on J-Lo. She used to be a backup dancer for Janet Jackson and New Kids on the Block. That's where she got her break. For those of you that never heard of New Kids on the Block, if you can imagine Backstreet Boys, now imagine them half as good as Backstreet Boys. You're not even close to how shit this band were. My sisters were really big into these new kids on the block, lads. And uh, go on to YouTube, check out their songs. You'll know what I'm talking about. They're shite. J-Lo also dated Puff Daddy back in the day. That was really at the peak of, I believe, the early noughties when Puff Daddy and J-Lo, those pictures of them circulating and they're out and about. And that was during around the time that Shane Lynch ran into trouble with Puff Daddy and... I was expecting to see a headline in the paper where Shane Lynch runs off with J-Lo, but that never happened. Um, J-Lo is born in 1969, as I said before. She's from the Bronx, which is a, a nice 
uh, well, I was never there to be honest, but apparently it's a it's a tough, nice area full of people who are really salt of the earth. And that's where J-Lo grew up. And obviously she's very far from that now, but she has a song out called J-Lo from the Block. And uh, it's just to symbolise that she hasn't changed, even though she's one of the most wealthy women in the world now. Not only that, well, she wouldn't be one of the most wealthy, but she'd have a few pounds in the bank. Um, she wouldn't be queuing up for the PUP payment, let's put it like that. J-Lo has also been voted many times the most beautiful woman in the world and you can't blame them because she's she's very beautiful she's very talented but she's also very beautiful and uh she used to i don't know if she does it anymore but she used to insure her arse a bit like the way michael flatley used to insure his feet in case of an accident or something happened to her backside it was insured you know so if she couldn't go to work if her arse was up in blocks she'd still get paid that's why j-lo is not only beautiful but she's an excellent businesswoman and that's the top and bottom of it, really. So J-Lo is now officially single again. And that would be music to the ears of many men across this goddamn globe. But J-Lo is her own woman. And she will decide what the next step is for herself and her family, who she loves very much. And I want to wish J-Lo the very best in the future in all of her decisions. Not only musically or artistically, but also personally and spiritually. And I wish her the best of luck. And if she ever is looking for a fella again, give me a shout, J-Lo, please. Please. Now, we've heard the news about the Super League. At the beginning of the week, it was all the rage. Twelve teams wanted to piss off and create their own Super League of football so that they couldn't be relegated out of a league. They would make money every single year. And now it's not even going ahead because there was a backlash from the fans. There was a backlash from the players. The only ones that really wanted this to happen was the president and the board and the people behind closed doors, the shareholders and all sorts of people like that who have the money, and they want to make more money. The Glazers, Perez, what's Farentina Perez, is that a name? The fellow that runs Real Madrid, those kind of people. They're the ones that want to make big money in the Super League. It was 12 major football clubs that wanted to break away from the Champions League, so the Champions League would become obsolete. You know those great nights you would have got when Liverpool were losing, I think they were losing 3-0, and then whatever chat was happening during the halfway break, they came back. And they drew the game 3 all, and then they won 3-2 in penalties. Must have been an absolute sickener. Steve Gerrard got man of the match. There was an attendance of 69,000 of that. That was in Turkey, in Istanbul, where he got the hair done. And uh, a great, great victory for Liverpool. And again, Man United, when they were playing Bayern Munich in 1999, Champions League final, they were 1-0 down to the very last 10 minutes, I believe. And then Solskjaer and Teddy Sheringham come on. And Badabing made the treble for Man United and Sir Alex Ferguson. That won't be happening anymore. Well, hopefully it will, but it's coming close. Now, I know that they've cancelled this um, Super League, but I believe that it probably will go ahead. Not next year, maybe the year after, but they're setting the seed now. Arsenal, Chelsea, Liverpool, Man City, Man United, Tottenham, Hotspurs, Atletico Madrid, Real Madrid, Barcelona, AC Milan, Inter Milan and Juventus wanted to become the founding clubs of this Super League. It's a bit like the UN, where there's top countries and top clubs who are deciding that they're the founding members of this Super League. They control what goes on. So even down the line, if, for example, for some reason they said, you know what, Blackburn, you can join this Super League, they'd still rig it in a way that Blackburn would never win. It's a it's a fucking money grab. Money is the main factor. Clubs, they have these huge salaries now. Um, transfer fees are huge. Each club would get 10 billion. That's the talk. They were going to get 10 billion and that's on top of development money to develop their stadiums and all the other stuff. Who's given the money? JP Morgan, American company that gave money to businesses and different companies when 
they feel like that they can bring them into a new direction or open up a new market for them. And this whole Champions League, this whole Super League, I should say, uh, would have 12 teams playing each other all the time. You can't get relegated. They're just constantly playing each other. But what that would mean is you'd have all the oil money men who are buying the top players in the world. They'd be playing for these teams. So people would naturally want to go and watch them. You'd naturally want to go and watch the best players in the world playing for Real Madrid against Man United more constantly than you get now. And they'd buy all the top players and eventually people would come and watch. The revenue would be crazy. There'd be players moving around for two, three, four hundred million. It's already crazy the way it's gone now. I mean, I remember the time when uh, there was talk of Andy Cole moving to Man United for six million, I think it was. And I think that was crazy at the time. And never mind now the likes of Ronaldo moving to Juventus for a hundred million or talk of Messi. If he ever left Barcelona, it'd cost you 150 million. This is for a lad who's not even that much better than me at football. The thing about JP Morgan is imagine the wealth you have to be given to support teams like Man City who are already owned by oil tycoons across the world. Imagine how rich you have to be to borrow money to Chelsea who are owned by Roman Abramovich, an oil tycoon from Russia. Imagine how much money you must have if you can give a loan of a few quid to Real Madrid, the highest grossing club in the world of soccer ball. They make more money than anyone else. I think it's Real Madrid, Barcelona, then Man United. Imagine the amount of money you must have, JP Morgan. Um, Gary Neville is furious. He's been having late nights and he's not happy with this situation. He's been having sleepless nights and uh, even Phil doesn't know what to do. He said to Gary, listen, you can stay, stay as long as you want. You can sleep in the spare room. I'll look after you. Gary's just been on the couch, not talking to anyone. The only one I can talk to now is Phil. And he's devastated by this news that the multi-millionaire companies want to make even more money. That's what it comes down to as well. Man United and the rest of them, you know, as beautiful as the football is that they play, their main objective nowadays is to make money. And you can say whatever you want about the likes of Gary Neville and the rest. And at the end of the day, this Super League probably will go ahead, unfortunately, because they all want to make more money. And in a world where we're constantly chasing the pound and the dollar and the euro, these businesses, they want to make as much money as they can because they're paying out absolutely ridiculous wages like... Uh, David De Gea, I think he's the highest paid Premier League footballer. He's definitely the highest paid goalkeeper in the Premier League. He's on at about £325,000 a week. You mental. Like, imagine getting that kind of money. If you're living in, for example, you're living in Dublin and you're getting 325000 quid a week. Just go up to some lad in the street and go, hey, can I buy your house? What? Can I buy your house off you? Well, you don't have that kind of money. Yes, I do. Here, here's one week's wages. It's absolutely ridiculous. And the thing is that the prices are only going up. Man City season tickets between £325 to £950. It's not bad. For a season ticket, that's not bad. But that's before you've parked the car, you've bought yourself uh, a couple of sandwiches and you've bought yourself a pint of bitter in the stadium and a couple of mince pies. So before you, you know, once you add up all that, and then you might go with your father or you might be going with your son or you might be going with the whole family. And before you know it, then you're spinning a couple of grand there every every game and that's on top then of buying the jerseys and the kits i um i used to be always buying the man united jerseys i'm not gonna lie to you I used to always buy the man united jersey probably about two or three months after it came out because the price would slightly drop by five or ten pound and um then i used to go over as well to the same shop and i'd get someone's name in the back like gigs 11 as if gigs gave a shite or i might get keen 16 if i was feeling like a bit of a hard man at the time and, uh, you know, I'd, I'd buy cups, I'd buy Man United gloves, I'd buy Peter Schmeichel pictures, you name it, I used to buy it. And all that money would feed into the revenue chain 
of right now the glaziers or whoever else is shareholders in man united and that's the way it works these are big big businesses these boys want big big money and super league is it a good idea is it not i don't think it is but at the same time probably will happen so it's like everything else in this world unfortunately they know that they're going to get the numbers to watch the games for people to go into the stadiums football is the most popular sport in the world look at the world cup everyone from fucking the tom dick and harry to your mother's grandmother everyone is watching the world cup it's the greatest greatest sport in the world but the way it's going there's too much money involved but the same could be said for everything in this world um what do you think yourself do you think that the super league is going to go ahead if it does go ahead do you think it'll be a good tournament will it be the best tournament in the world who knows let me know what you think please do get in touch thank you very much for sending me in your correspondence on instagram really do appreciate it if you ever want to get in touch on calling fitness or on at gmail.com and uh i wanted to answer two questions here that i got and um, one of them is from a fella called the gaff cast and it's does my dog smoke benson no my dog doesn't smoke benson and hedges i never seen him doing anything unhealthy really except if you were to leave food in front of this dog he would eat anything um he's one of those dogs that just he eats fruit he eats raw vegetables he eats meat he eats potato peels and it's not like you're giving them to him but he just goes after them if you throw them out to the chickens or the cows or whatever he'll just go out there and take the lot he's a very greedy dog but he's a, a tough solid country dog that stinks you know those kind of dogs that they're really smelly when you go up to them and you're kind of embarrassed by the smell but at the same time you kind of appreciate their smell because they're outside dogs and they like to roll around and shit to hide their own scent that's the kind of dog he is he's not like a, an indoor dog where they're all prime and proper you know the dogs i'm talking about those dogs that look like they hold down a 95 job they look like they drive a little tower starlet and they have their whole life ahead of them well this dog is kind of the opposite he's rough rugged and ready and he's a beautiful dog but he does not smoke benson and hedges and another question I got that's also dog related was, does my dog ever check himself in the mirror and make adjustments? It's a good question. Are animals, do you think that animals are aware of their own existence? It's fucking hard to know. It's hard to know. I, it's a great question though. I'd, I'd love to know, do dogs ever, because sometimes my dog does be sitting out there and he does just be staring into the distance. Now, he's obviously not hungry. He's obviously not scared. So there's those two things ticked off the list. But he's looking out into the into the distance and I don't know what he's looking at. Maybe trees or maybe he sees a bird or maybe it's even the sunset. And you have to think to yourself, maybe he's thinking about his life. Maybe he's thinking about previous dogs that he's smelt. Maybe he's thinking about places that he's gone for a piss before. You don't know. And it's a very good question. Do dogs ever look at themselves in the mirror? Um, just to go back to the, the crow that does be coming to my house. Uh, he I put a mirror out at the back window so that when he is banging on the window, he can see his own reflection and he can maybe think to himself what the fuck am i doing with my life but i mean i've been getting up every morning at half six seven because he's still knocking on the window so clearly he doesn't care too much and then there's another little small birdie who apparently he can see his reflection in the window he thinks it's somebody else so he's trying to assert his authority by attacking the bird so that's not really him looking into a mirror seeing himself so maybe he doesn't he's not aware maybe this little bird is stupid but i have in the past brought a mirror out to the dog and showed him his own reflection but he doesn't seem too bothered by it I wonder are dogs self-aware? I think that they live in the moment. They're never thinking about the future too long or they're never thinking about the past too long. I think that's the problem with humans. We're too, we're too much orientated about thinking about the future, thinking about the past. When if you look at a dog, if you spend time with the dog and have the crack with the dog and he's got a belly full of food, he's going to be happy as Larry. And I think humans could learn something from that to be present and to go around to be present. I think we can learn a lot from dogs to be present, to 
enjoy going for simple walks and to be able to pee on people's cars. This is the end of the podcast. Thank you very much for listening. I appreciate your support and I'll chat to you Sunday.